All right, are you ready? Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to the salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for every single person who believes. Every person who believes, it's a power of salvation to every person who believes. For every person who believes, the gospel is the power of salvation for every person who believes. And then we're going to jump down to Romans chapter 10. If you're in your Bible, that's not jumping down. That's flicking over a few pages. But if we go on to Romans chapter 10, it says, For the scripture says, whoever, everyone say whoever. Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We've got that. We love it. And then it goes on. It says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? See, how are they going to call on someone if they haven't believed in him? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not believed? heard. How are you going to call on someone if you've never believed in him? And how are you going to believe in someone who you have never heard about? And how will they hear unless a preacher preaches it? It doesn't say that, does it? How they hear without a preacher, but it doesn't say without a preacher preaching it, does it? Because in this house, I go, I'm the preacher, I'm the pastor, I'm the teacher. But it doesn't say that because each one of you has been given a voice box and each one of you is called to make disciples. Each one of you can be a preacher. Each one of you can share the gospel to somebody else who is hurting and in need. And each one of you has the power to tell somebody about Jesus so that they may believe on him in whom they have heard. Are you following me this morning? I want you to get that this morning because I think we relegate it to everybody else's responsibility. And what I want to do this morning is tell you about communication, talk to you about the power of communication, upskill you because we say at JC, we want to empower you to impact your world. So I want to empower you. I want to give you courage and confidence and the skills needed. And that means that this morning we're going to talk about how do we communicate more effectively. In fact, how do we communicate in such a way to make a better connection. Because it's not just about communicating, is it? And I'm going to do some illustrations this morning. I'm hoping that you will look at the illustrations and laugh. I'm hoping you will not look at the illustrations and think Pastor Phil's having a go at me. I am having a go at some people, but not everybody. <laughs> that's a joke. But if, you, if the hat fits, that's okay. You can wear it. You can evaluate it. And you can determine to do something Differently, you can look at the communication skills or, or things that we're outlining this morning and go, I, I see, you know what I find to do? I find it so much better if I can find somebody else to blame. Like, ah, oh, yes, I see Ash in that picture all the time. But what is really powerful, what's really important is if we can get to the point where we can see ourselves. I believe that we have the greatest message the world is desperate to hear. A message of hope and peace and joy and love and kindness and compassion. But how will they believe in someone they haven't heard? And how will they hear if someone doesn't tell them? And how will they hear if when you're telling them, you're not actually communicating 
to them? How will they hear if what you've got to say you're not connected to? And so I think the days, by the way, and I'm not having a go at anyone in particular, but the days of walking down the street saying turn or burn are long since gone. The days of motivating and manipulating people to come to Jesus because otherwise the choice is really poor have long since gone. Screaming, you need to know the love of God doesn't actually communicate the love of God. I'm not sure about you, but if I'm walking down the street, I feel like I'm a fairly committed Christian. I know I might not be to everybody, but me and him think it's okay, so we're good. But if I'm walking down the street, I don't know about you, but if I'm walking down the street and somebody is down the street going, you need to know the love of God, you know what I do? Avoid them. (laughs) And I like Jesus. And I still try and avoid those people because I'm going to move on. You can fill in that blank. If you are called to do that, and I believe that there are possibly some people some very small minority, some people that are called to declare Christ on street evangelism and with loud voices. And I'm sure that those people who are called to declare Christ with street evangelism and very loud voices would also have fruit to show that they are called by Jesus to work and operate in that ministry. Might I suggest that if you are called by Jesus to work and operate in that ministry and there is no fruit to show for the operating you're doing, you may not be called as much as you think you're called. You you may want to go back to the Lord in prayer and say, God, is there another way to communicate your truth in a way that doesn't offend people and doesn't turn people off the gospel of grace and love and kindness and mercy and compassion. Are you following me this morning? So I'm not against them. I've got to make that disclosure. I don't really want to, kind of making it under sufferance. But I'm going to say, I've taught a few people this recently. There's a few words that I think everyone in church and outside of church should learn. It's really cool. You ready? It's four. You can write them down if you want. I think we'll all remember them from today. I want everyone to say with me, you ready? I. With, with authority, come on, say, I, I am, am not, not God. God. Let's say it together in one complete sentence. You ready? I am not God. So I make that disclaimer because sometimes I can be a little bit judgmental. I know you may not know that about me, but I'm just telling you. And sometimes in my judgmentalness, I can look at people and judge them and think that they're doing the wrong thing, but I have to pull back and remember, you have got this. I tell you what, wouldn't church be so much better if we all remembered that we're not God and that my job isn't to tell you what God wants to do? If you are called to witness like that, then please be empowered, be released, be prayed for, and be loved to go and do that. However... If you're not seeing the fruit you desire, then maybe it's a great opportunity for you to reevaluate how you witness. I believe sometimes, sadly, the message falls far short of his intended target, not because the message is wrong, but because the delivery is perhaps a little skewed. The message is marvelous. The message is amazing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only. That's an incredible message. But sometimes it falls short of its audience 
Not because the message is flawed or failing, but because the communication is lacking and the connection is lacking. And if you lack communication and lack connection, then it's really hard to tell people about Christ. Think of it that way. Communicate, connect, Christ. This is going to be a great morning. I'm going to ask for a couple of illustration people to come up this morning. I've already spoken to you, so if you could come up. I also want to say to you this morning, the message isn't just about talking about the love of God. I believe this message is for a business owner who wants to know how to communicate better. This message is for those who feel socially awkward and isolated. This message is for every single person, for parents who need to communicate with kids, for kids who need to communicate with peers, for people in school who need to communicate communicate with their friends in schools, for people in workplaces who need to communicate. This message, everyone say, this message is for me. Okay, and I'm going to show you some of the mistakes that people make and we're going to laugh at it. We're going to have a good giggle. We're going to sometimes think it could be me making that same mistake and then we're going to improve and not make that mistake. I am talking about mastering the wonderful art of communication. And this, first and foremost, we're going to put a video on. While these guys get ready, we're going to put a video on that pretty much demonstrates, okay, how we go wrong in the first place. So here's the first video coming up, and we're going to mute and talk to these guys. Okay. Hey, kids, mind if Dad has a bolt? Great. James, Big Gully. Steve, Arthur, garage door. Ivy, fence. Lance, long off. Gemma, back. Go back. Go back. Keep going. All the way back. All the way back. Ready, son? Come in too strong. <laughs> yeah? Sometimes when you're trying to communicate and you come in too strong, it makes the other person run away. Now, this is something that I mastered the art of when I found myself with a 16 year old daughter. If everyone could turn and say, Hello, Rebecca. <laughs> And I remember talking to my counsellor one day and we were discussing the troublesome teens. Well, I say teens with an S as though it was plural, but it was just one. Thank you. <laughs> and I found this situation coming up a lot. I was talking to my counsellor and I was saying, you know, you just don't understand. She just can't be told. I just wish I could just tell her. And then she argues back and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? You're not going to win this argument. You are not going to win. I am going to win this. This is not... And anyone else ever been in a discussion and thought, you are not going to win? Put your hand up if that's you. Yeah, great. Cool. Thank you, Jesus. There's a couple of other people who are struggling. Right. So what's really cool about that is my counsellor looked at me and she said, gee, gee Phil, you're, you're very strong. I'm like, yes, yeah. She goes, you're very combative. I'm like, yeah. And I said, that's because I don't like losing. And she said, have you ever considered maybe coming in a little gentler and maybe asking questions that would bring her out of herself rather than trying to pound the information into her? Well, to be honest, 
No, I hadn't really thought about that. And now that I've thought about that and adjusted everything, I have a beautiful son who still talks to me. (laughs) Do you know what? Can I just brag for one minute? This quick one. You know what? My daughter and I have a fantastic relationship. In fact, I'm going to say, touch wood, all my kids have a fantastic relationship. And it's one of the greatest blessings as a parent when you don't just love your children because they're your children, you know, and you kind of have to, but you actually love them because you want to. And I can tell you honestly that when I changed my communication, our relationship grew stronger. When I stopped being combative every time I had to have a discussion with her, our relationship grew stronger. In fact, you ready? This is amazing. The softer I got, the more seeds I was able to sow. Let's say that again as I pan the congregation for people who may need to hear that message. The softer I got in my communication, the more seeds I was able to sow. Never underestimate the power of being humble in your communication. All right, is that good? That was my first one. Okay, here we go. The next one I've got, you ready? Is I want to talk to you a little bit about communication. And here's where we've got, I've got Dan. You ready? And so, Sam, I need you to stand out of the way. And I'm going to bounce the ball to Dan. Because I think communication is sometimes, it's a little bit like passing a ball to someone. So you just bounce a and so you've you know, no problems. I'm not deterred by the first knockback. Mate, how you, how you been? You doing okay? Mate, hang, hang on a second, mate. Mate, I just want to know, hey, dude, how's your day going? Is it doing okay? You ever been talking to somebody like that? You ever had the conversation with somebody and it is seriously like pulling teeth, isn't it? It's like it doesn't matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get them to, to bounce the ball back to you. That kind of... Have you ever had those conversations? Can I tell you the truth? I did this to my teenage daughter, not Beck this time. Whew, that's lucky, eh? Beck, I'm not picking on you the whole day. This was Rachel. And And I remember when Rachel was very young, I explained to her this exact message. I said, Rachel, when I bounce the ball back to you and you don't catch it, and bounce it back. It makes for a very one-sided conversation. And after a while, how many people know, this is great skilling for some of you kids, okay? If somebody engages you in a conversation and you don't bounce back, then, then eventually what they do is they get a bit tired of you and they move on. And then you know what happens? You say things like, I tried and just nobody was there. I stood there for hours and nobody talked to me. And it's because you never learnt the art of catching and communicating in return. Give Dan a huge hand this morning. That is number one area people could improve in. Okay, let me give you number two area. This is really cool. When you go to bounce with somebody and you're like, hey, Sam, how you been, man? It's awesome to see you. And... and And they just seem to take what you've said and then run off with it, right? And you you kind of stand there like for a minute hoping that, oh, yes, they they engage. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that took a while, but that's okay. I'm still here. And so you bounce it back to them again. And then you never hear from them again. They, They take that conversation. They take that communication. And they keep going and going and going. Have you ever met those people who make every conversation all about themselves? Do not point to me. I'm the preacher. But I mean other people. You ever met those people who you go, how are you going? And then they take the next 20 minutes to unpack how they're going and you think it was more like a greeting than a, 
you know, question? Have you ever, have you ever met? Oh, it might just be me that meets those people. Okay, moving on. But here's how conversations should work. Are you ready? Everyone ready? So a conversation that works in the real world should go something like this, you know, like, hey, Caleb, how you doing? Hey, Caleb, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm really good. What have you been up to? What, what are you working as at the moment? Really? You're working in real estate? That's incredible. Can I just point something out? See, what I said then was I heard what he said and I repeated it back to him. Wow, you're working in real estate. That's incredible. I'm just pastoring. I'm meeting people most weeks. I've been driving the Hills bus again this week because my sister-in-law threw me under the bus. So, you know, I've got to do that. But, you know, it's fine. And, uh, you know, but do you see how this conversation, it just kind of transpires, doesn't it? Like it's kind of, it's quite pleasant. We, we bounce the ball back and forwards to each other. I want you to notice a couple of things in this. Um, by the way, I don't know whether you've ever noticed this when you're talking to people, that proximity matters, right? Because eventually you get to that point, like... In, Anyone ever talk to those people who just, what are you doing? Stay. Just, you ever have those conversations where, they, where you just feel like they're invading your personal space? It's weird, right? Personal space matters. Proximity matters. It doesn't work when we're like this, does it? Like, can I tell you what else doesn't work? It doesn't work and it doesn't make the person feel particularly valued if you're like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? It feels like I don't really care because I'm not really interested. I'm not really there. But I'm going to, whoa, anyone get that? I had a uh, pastor friend. He wasn't really a friend. He was just another pastor. Because he's a pastor, I call him a friend, but he wasn't. <laughs> I know. You know, you see them at conferences, right? And, and he was, I've got to be honest, he was the size of Sam. So come over, Sam, and talk to me. Move the ball, because this is how he talked to you. Whenever he would talk to you, you go, hey, how you been going? And then he would talk to you there. <laughs> and and, and I've got to say, like, being this close to my son, I don't mind. <laughs> that tickles. <laughs> But being that close to another man who's much taller than me, who stands right there, it's kind of weird, right? Okay. Now put your hand up if you know people that have no concept of proximity. Now put your hand up if they're sitting near you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So this is really good, guys. Kids, when you want to learn to talk to people, proximity matters. You don't want to get too close to them because you notice, see how he starts to, like he just feels awkward, right? It's too close is weird, too far makes you feel like you don't care and you're not really trying to engage. You've got to be at the right place to engage in a healthy conversation. That's a good point, isn't it? You've also got to be able to return the conversation. And so literally I taught my daughter this, hey, Rachie, when I'm talking to you, I need you to answer me. I need you to be engaging in this conversation or it's a really boring conversation. And then we have the other lot of people that while you're bouncing your ball and you're having your conversation, you get this. Microphone on now. Is it on now? Come on, there we go. There we go. Phil, I've been looking for you everywhere, mate. Have a look at my bike. Isn't it awesome? Isn't well, it fa- No, no, just forget, forget that for a minute. No, this is more important, mate. Have a look at this. This thing's got 29-inch wheels. Can you believe it? And not just any 29-inch wheels. Hope Pro 4s, mate. They roll so fast, it'll get to the bottom of the hill before I do. That, that's a really cool... And, 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 the best thing ever, all right? This is the best thing that's ever come to a mountain bike. When you're ready to go back up the hill, you don't have to stop like a caveman and put your seat back up again. Everybody... Watch this. Whoa. All I can say is I'm glad it has a seat. Moving on. 
Have you ever met those people like that? Who you're engaged in your conversation and the only thing they want to talk about is... And they... They <laughs> Come on, give it up for Rick. <laughs> And, and here's the other thing. Sam's walking away because he didn't read the full notes. So I'm going to just pass this to Sam, ask him to read the full notes because I'm sure he's read them and he's ready for this now, right? But I do want to share, not yet. Okay, but I do want to share this. This is a really good interjection right now. You ready? Rick is starting a mountain bike for mental health movement. We are getting behind him. And we are encouraging the people at JC to get behind Rick. We are encouraging him. He has been taking out some of the young guys. So if there's any men or women, we're not sexist, are we? Like men and women, they can ride, eh? You sure? If they can, I guess. I'm kidding. Rick does take ladies as well. Ladies, see how we go. Ladies, that sounds nicer than women, than girls, right? In fact, your your niece is a girl, hey? No, my, my cousin. Your cousin's cousin, a girl, yeah. and she, she rides, Imogen, yeah. Yeah. and she rides, right? Yeah, correct, Is she yeah. good? Yeah, and, and actually, where's my, where's my friend Phoebe? Phoebe, why don't you stand up real quick? Come on, stand up. Show everybody, give Phoebe a hand. So Phoebe has also gone riding with Rick, so you don't have to be in perfect physical health. You could look like me. <laughs> I have taken Phil up some pretty big hills, and he came down safely, so. I have ridden with Rick. I know why it's called a push bike. Anyway, are you getting something out of this this morning? Are you following this? Are you starting to see the pattern that when you're talking and wanting to communicate, you've got to actually bounce it back, otherwise the person walks away. When you're trying to communicate, you can't just be talking all about yourself the whole time because that gets a little bit frustrating. When you're communicating, you don't want to interrupt somebody else's communication with your story on how great your story is and how fantastic it is. Are you still following me this morning? Well, when you're communicating, it's all about the proximity. It's all about the bounce back. It's all about having those conversations. And then hopefully you don't get people throwing in little side chips from the sideline. Have you ever met those people who, like, they're just... They, they just kind of throw in their little piece. What, what are you doing, man? What, what? Well, apparently, apparently he, have you ever met those people who stand on the sideline, just, they just throw out their little sarcastic remarks, their little, don't point to me again, it's weird. But Sam, can you come and stand over here now? And we're going to get Dan to come back up again because this is, you, you, we can take this and put that back in. Thank you so, all of them, thank you so much. <laughs> And so really, the game should go you know, like this. And we've... This is what happens when you don't read the notes I put out in the morning. <laughs> so take a moment. Take a moment, read the notes. I think they're over the page. Okay, gotcha. Right. <laughs> Ah, communication does matter. Okay, so, so have you ever met those, met those, come to those moments where, you know, and this is what I like to call the deck discourse. We see this quite often at JC Family, sadly, where, where we see a group of people and we're involved in this fantastic conversation and it's obvious that this other guy would like to join in, but um, we're kind of just, we're not really making room for him because... We can see him there, right? Everyone can see him, but it's like, you know, it's... But you know what is the perfect thing is if you take a step back 
and I take a step back and we open ourselves up and we include him in the conversation. And you see how happy he is now, now that he's included in the conversation? Doesn't that make a marvellous difference? And what, come on, why don't we play with Rick as well? We can play with Rick as well. Look at this, Rick, who's got the microphone. And this is how a conversation... Do you notice how the conversation's going? Oh, there's a little bit of showing off. That's okay. That's in every conversation, you know. You don't want to be taking every conversation to talk to the one-handed fisherman, though, do you, you know? You know the one-handed fisherman? The guy who's always caught the biggest fish because, you know, it's like you caught one this big and he caught one. Oh, man, it's, it's so big you couldn't even show. Like that's the one-handed fisherman, you know? Everyone's got to show off a little bit. You want to give them space. You want to say to Caleb, look at how good Caleb looks. I said to him this morning, mate, have you got an open house for real estate? Like, a, like look at how good this guy. Ladies and gentlemen, he's single. He's single. Like, I'm... I'm not sure if you knew this, but like, dude, I don't know how. I'm, I'm, and also, ladies and gentlemen, Dan is single. Give it up for. It's a uh, welcome to JC family. It's like a like a little bit of an episode of Bachelor, but anyway, we're moving on. Uh, eligible bachelor, and uh, come over here. Ladies and gentlemen, he is not single. He is not single, right? And also, this gentleman here is also not single. So, but um, actually, speaking of not being single, this is a great moment where we can just interject. Beck, could you please come up? I know, but my daughter said you had to, so come on up. And I'm going to get Beck to come out, my daughter. Come on out. And, and Beck, can you stand next to Sam? Actually, this is that moment where I just want to point us back and go, I'm, you may not have noticed, it's been kind of low-key. Um, <laughs> can we pray? Beck's due this week to give birth to her fantastic baby boy or girl. And uh, so we're just going to, I actually do, come on over, guys, come on. I just love you to, would you reach out your hands? Oh, of course. I'm so sorry. Dude, you are so polite. Can we pray? Father God, I do just thank you for this incredible worship couple and youth leadership. Father, I thank you for everything they do in this house. I thank you for their family unit, for their friendship, for the connections that they make. I just ask God right now that your hand of blessing would be over them this week and the ensuing weeks. I pray, Lord, your favour, your divine favour, your presence and your promise to be over this family in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Sorry. I just, you know, my daughter came to me and she said, Dad, this couple does so much in the church and there's so many people that do heaps, but they're about to have a really significant moment and it would be awesome as a church to just call them up and take a moment to pray for them. Guys, when it comes to communication, I hope you've learned a couple of things. There's three big P's I want to just finish off with as we're going through. Proximity, posture, posture. Lean into the conversation. Lean in and, and make sure you know that you're listening to what they're saying. And the other one I want to give you is projection. Some people project an image of incredible arrogance, which turns people off. Some people, however, equally on the other end of the spectrum, 
they project an image that they're not worthy and they're not worth anything and no one really wants to talk to them. And that image kind of goes out and it hits other social circles and it bounces back. And they can start to feel like I'm not worth anything and I don't know anybody and nobody really wants to know me. And all of a sudden they move from social group to social group because that image is bouncing back and coming back to them and bouncing out and coming back to them. And it's why we wanted to stop this morning and sing that song again, I am who you say I am. I'm not, I don't define myself by who the peers say I am because so many people know that in your friendship group, sometimes they're really happy and sometimes they've had a pretty crummy day as well. And so sometimes they're really engaging with you and sometimes they're not engaging at all. And if you, dictate, if you find your identity from who they dictate you to be, who they say you are, then you're going to be up one minute and down the next. I want to say you are who he says you are. And you have a message to bring to a hurting world and you get to communicate and connect and bring Christianity in every place you go. And that's where I want to go this morning. I want to give you a couple of scriptures. Jesus spent three years talking to his disciples and and you're trying to work out, what did he do about communication? Well, can I give you a couple of scriptures? In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem and, and they're about to go into Samaria, but for some reason... Because the Samaritans knew that he was setting his face to Jerusalem, they didn't really want him. So we're reading this in Luke 9.53. It says, But they did not receive him because his face was set for a journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just like Elijah did? Can you imagine that for a minute? Like Jesus is walking and he thinks, I might go into Samaria, but the people are like, no, if you're heading to Jerusalem, just keep going to Jerusalem. And James and John are there and they see the rejection and they're like, you know what? Why don't we call down fire and kill the whole lot of them? Jesus has to say to them, you know, you don't really know what manner of spirit you are with that. But can I say, this wasn't an accident. I think when it comes to communication, one of the things you need to learn is not everybody is going to want to play ball with you every time. And Jesus doesn't say, that's it, kill them, talk bad about them, speak negatively, put them down, tell all their friends out. No, he just says, just shake that off and keep moving. There'll be another group of friends just around the corner. Just shake that off and keep moving. You walk out on the deck and you go to talk to Hamish, but Hamish is a bit busy. That's okay. Maybe Hamish had a bad day. Maybe his mum told him off this morning for riding his dirt bike last weekend. Who knows? (laughs) I'm so glad you're here, Hamish. <laughs> and so maybe he hasn't had the best day, but that's okay. The rejection says more about where he's at than where you're at. Just shake it off and go and find somebody nice like Toby and Rachel. Toby and Rachel, you look fabulous this morning. You've got that beaming smile. You look great. I'm going to communicate. Are you following me this morning? Can I give you another one? One of the other things Jesus taught his disciples when he was doing life with them is they turned up one time. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John record the story of feeding 5,000 people. Be like 5,000 people. Oh, so Jesus wants us to feed everybody. No. But part of communication is being sensitive to somebody's needs. And Jesus paused long enough to realize that those people are hungry and they're not going to hear what he's got to say while they're still hungry. Or those people are hurting and they're not going to hear what he's got to say when they're still hurting. It's a part of communication. He's actually pausing long enough to hear what somebody else is is slowing down. We talked about this at youth and putting your antenna up and asking your heavenly father to speak through you into that situation. And sometimes it's just part of communicating is just giving practical assistance. Sometimes part of communicating is just giving them a smile. 
just a handshake or a hug. Sometimes part of communicating isn't screaming, you need to know Jesus loves you. Sometimes it's just showing them that Jesus loves them. I'm praying that every person in here this morning, amongst all the fun, amongst all the frivolity that we've had and the chocolate, I'm praying you guys got something. And I know it was a bit fun and it could be a little bit lighthearted, but can I say, this gets as deep as you want it to get. Because this is the moment where you go, God, when I'm communicating, am I prepared to bounce back to people that I may not want to bounce back with? God, when I'm communicating, am I listening to what they're saying even if they're not using words? Am I, am I seeing what their needs are and wanting to meet their needs? Or am I just telling them my message and where I'm at? God, when I'm communicating, am I so insecure that any bit of rejection makes me just want to kill those people? They're great biblical concepts that you can take in every area and every aspect of your life, of your marriage, of your ministry. Communication is key to connection. Connection is key to be able to bring the gospel of Christianity to a hurting hurting world. I ask everyone to close their eyes for it. Father God, thank you that we have such freedom in this house. And the Word of God says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so Holy Spirit, I thank you that you bring such liberty, such joy, such peace into the people's lives. Holy Spirit, we have such an incredible message and opportunity to share Christ to a world. Would you help us to communicate in such a way that deep and abiding connections are made. Help us to deal with our insecurities. Help us to not be be fragile with rejection. Help us to see people's needs and love them. Help us to practice what we preach. In Jesus' name, everyone said. And I give you my last one this morning as we finish and you're about to walk out onto the deck and have an incredible cup of coffee as we say goodbye to those online. You know how communication gets better? By practice, by practice, by practice, by practice, by evaluating. Quite often when I drive away, I ask my wife, how did I go? Did I talk too much? Not in preaching, that would be weird. But in conversations, even last night we had dinner with a wonderful friend. And as I drove away, I looked at my wife, I said, Dale, did I dominate the conversation? Did I have to be the biggest person in the room? Was I able to engage happily and healthily with them? And of course, my wife loves me. And so she said, yes. But can I also say that many years ago, she was honest enough to say no. She was honest enough to give me critical feedback and say, or, or feedback that would help me and say, no, no, you dominated. No, you talked a little bit too much. Oh, I think you're a little bit tough there. I think you're a little bit harsh there. I think you're in a humor. Your humor's a little bit inappropriate there. And each time you take it, you don't get offended. We don't get divorced. We grow. And hopefully I become a better communicator each and every time. And I pray that you guys would become better communicators and better able to connect with the world and share the gospel of Christ. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.